1: Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host, Nate and Micah. Andy couldn't make it tonight because there's snow on the ground and he gets scared. And he's sick. He was
0: just mostly scared. Bro, we went coyote hunting. Uh, he's going to get pissed at this and punch <laughs> me. Uh, we went coyote hunting this last Saturday. We had a tournament. Um, you couldn't hunt in the tournament. Daryl couldn't hunt in the tournament. um, Russell didn't want to do an entire day, which I was thinking about not doing, and uh, ended up hunting a tournament with Austin and Andy. Yeah, Andy hacked his ass off the entire day, just coughing. And it became a running joke that every time we were leaving a stand, me and Austin would be like, "You sound like dog shit." <laughs> so I, he ruined it for you. He he never really coughed when it was important. You so know, there, there was a, there was a few times where it was like, eh. No, dude, he he damn near puked after our first. That's we no killed fun, those, that that he That's was no fun. Because like, if it's the one that I had, like it just lingers. Yeah, he just cough. He cough. went to the he went to the doctor. I think it's bronchitis or something. They said, Oh, say. really? Yeah.
1: Well, hopefully he's better
0: before this upcoming. Next yeah, we we'll leave days. for ATA in
1: two days. Yeah, so hopefully that gets better. Yeah. Uh. So short, he's at home. He's at home
0: with the snow, and also he feels like shit. So uh, short term. Short story on the tournament. How'd it go? It was not great, yeah yeah we I mean, the day started off, um, we were dry on our first set, second set, really we almost could have killed it was a triple that came in, mm-hmm. but the way we set up was um, Andy and Austin were right next to each other, and I sat about twenty yards up the fence line, facing the exact opposite direction, downwind, yeah, I was covering our downwind, so I Andy and Micah were facing, let's say west, I think it was, Andy I was and facing Austin. east. Andy and Austin. What did I say? You said my name. Oh, Andy and Austin. And um, so, anyway, we're, we're calling, and the, the way I knew coyotes were there is when Andy shot. Right. Or Austin, whoever shot first. And then I turn and look, and I see a coyote, which almost looked like it was black. Like, it was really it was dark, but it has also been wet. So, yeah. um, I see a coyote just gone. So, I thought Austin missed. That's That's what I thought. And Andy hit his, and it took off running. So then Andy gets up and goes running after it to make sure it's dead. Ended up dying right over right the hill. Yeah, it took us a minute to find it, but so I'm like, hell yeah, Andy, good job. So I'm you know I'm giving Andy fist fist bumps and and then Austin like, well, there's two, and I'm like, wait, you killed one? He goes, yeah, mine dropped. I thought the one or Austin had shot at was the one I saw running. Sure, he dropped the one he shot at, yeah. and I never even saw that happen. Yeah. So if I would have been with him, I'm wondering if I could have got a shot off on that other for that one. Third. Yeah. And and I really couldn't safely make a shot at that one because where I was sitting, I would have been shooting right in front of Andy and Austin faces yeah. not not one that's where I was at yeah, yeah. not a shot. Worth so it. we did I didn't even attempt to make the shot, and then that was the only set of the entire day we saw coyotes. Doesn't that suck? Because then you think you are like, oh man,
1: we got two. Yep. This is when it starts, and then you, so you got this momentum built up, and
0: then nothing. It, yeah, it was even sucks. like we felt great on at least I did our second to last set. It started snowing on us, mm-hmm. and the setup I thought was pretty good, and I was excited about it. And we actually sat there longer than we sat anywhere that day, and freaking nothing. It was just, we tried getting on top of them. I mean, it just didn't matter. It did not matter. Um, So, we killed two. Um, Five, three teams killed five, which tied for first. Um, Our buddies, uh, Brandon and Cody, uh, they killed four. They won small dog or something, too. Yeah, I saw that. can't remember which one. Nobody. Uh, no day. They placed for third. Well, well
1: they got end up. They got third, second. Tied for third. I second. I think they got third. Maybe okay. it was second. Maybe, it was, maybe second.
0: was second. I don't know. Yeah, they tied for first. Yeah, tied for uh, first just on weight. They got the team that got first was still like a full twelve pounds heavier than them. Oh wow. Yeah, it was. I was wondering how close they were. They and checked, I know they got second. They checked for weights. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Don't know. I can't remember who won. It was a good time, you know. I mean, it was still fun hunting. What was it uh, like hunting with the A team? <laughs> it was good. I mean, you know, did just you like. Feel, did you feel privileged? <laughs> I guess. I mean, they we killed two dogs. Our team probably would have killed zero. So I guess. <laughs> no, it was it was a great time. I mean, uh, you know, I I'll tell you this much, man. I'm really thinking about putting that freaking camper shell back on my truck and getting a. It makes a difference. A deal on the back. I don't know why you don't, man. Uh, or trying to trying to find a camper shell that's the same color as my truck. One of the two. Yeah, I want one, dude. I'm telling you now. Next truck will because it one. was snowing on us. It was wet. Yeah. having our stuff dry, and the coyotes were in a um what the hell of that thing called a hitch R- yeah a rack. rack or whatever, then you don't have to worry about you know stuff getting all over your truck bed and all that crap it was uh, and then the like the cab of your trucks open you like got room, yep um that was pretty cool,
1: yeah, it was pretty nice,
0: yeah, pretty nice, so I went out coyote
1: hunting Sunday, yeah, you did, so the original plan was didn't we didn't have anything going on so i was like man i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna go hunting well it became sunday morning i was like ah, this, i'm just too comfortable i'm gonna stay in sleep well evening rolls around amy's left she went to the store she comes back i actually dozed off for a minute and she wakes up she's like i thought you were hunting i was like i don't know and then by that time uh my phone started going off from my tactic hands i'm like there's coyotes right there in front of my camera right now I'm like screw it let's go so my son Lawson was like let's go buddy so we packed up real quick and we got out there and we set the call out and uh from where the dogs were at from where this camera was I was like I'm gonna set up they're gonna come out this way it's gonna be perfect start my call sequence I got Lawson in a i tra- I'm sitting up beside, behind a barn, and mm-hmm. there's a lean-to, and there's a tractor in there. I'm like Lawson, get up and sit in that tractor, and you'll be able to see everything. You can see, yeah, like a, you got your own seat. Yeah, up there. got your own thing. I'm like, just be quiet, you know. Obviously, whatever. So I start
0: calling, and just for the listener, Lawson, my nephew, his son is six. Yeah, he's just six. six. Yeah, he's
1: yep. been he's been deer hunting with me a few times. He, I think he's went coyote hunting with me one other time. Um, but anyway, I started calling. And all of a sudden my other camera went off. So this is kind of cheating when it comes to coyote (laughs) hunting, but it's coyote (laughs) hunting. So who cares? My other call from the other side of the property started going off. I'm like, oh, one's coming in. So I swing my gun I get over and I'm watching, just waiting. I'm like, this thing's going to pop up any minute and just start coming in. I'm thinking it's going to come in hot. And finally I see its head. And it's about 200 yards out. And the way that I'm sitting, there's a crest in the hill. So I can't, you know, I I need it to be about 150 yards in the end to get a good shot. But I just see its head. So I'm like, well, crap. So she's she's just sitting there, sitting there for a while. And so, you know, I start playing with sounds a little bit. I pause it for a while. And I went into the pup distress, another pup distress, I think. And finally, she disappeared. Like, she looked like she was running toward walking towards me and she disappeared for a little bit. I'm like, well, crap. Okay. So we wait. and It was probably like another two minutes or something. And then finally I see her head again and she started coming towards me and I, you know, I'm like, Oh, there she is. So, 130 yard shot dropped her and I could just hear Lawson and like,
2: you got him dad
1: <laughs> you got him I'm like be quiet I got we're gonna something else might come out but it was pretty cool that's so, funny yeah we, it, it was awesome he had a great time it, it was a lot of fun we went to another one that you know we've hunted multiple times and I know a lot of people hunt this place <laughs> so we got them we got them to talk like we always do but they
0: never did commit never yeah. did come in so yeah it was a good time well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a fun weekend. I I got to get out finally, you know, and be a. I was I was itching. You guys had all been out before me, and I was itching to get out and you know try to kill some dogs. I did not shoot one. Andy and Austin were the ones that shot it, but it was yeah. good. It was good. Yeah. I I had fun day. I I, I would have preferred to kill a bunch, but right. You know we we tried. Um, just it didn't work. Sometimes it don't work. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Yeah, and Andy sounded like dog shit. So. Yeah. So we'll blame it on him. <laughs> Always. Andy, Always Always. your fault. (laughs) Um, Today's show is not about coyotes. No. It's about a big-ass deer. 197-inch big-ass deer. Yep. Uh, About an Iowa giant that our buddy Greg, and I'll probably butcher his name here, Gleisinger, with HuntWorks. Yeah. And if you've heard the name Greg before, it's because he's been on our show multiple times. He used to be uh, with Drury. He's now doing his own thing with HuntWorks. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, so make sure you go check out their YouTube channel Hunt Works and uh, their their Instagram page as well, which we will tag in this the show episode. But Greg,
1: and if I remember right, their show airs on Sportsman's Channel.
0: Couldn't tell you what nights. I can't remember. Yeah. He says it there. He the says end, it But it, the it, show. But it is yep. on the network as well. But um, the show is about this this uh, deer named Ranger uh, that he he killed this this season. And what's cool about it is you know what what I respect about what Greg does in the whitetail woods is the amount of work he puts in, in the off season. Uh, he, he, him and his you know group of guys, Casey and, and the hunt works guys, they do a lot of work, you know, before you ever see the actual hunting. So that's the story that kind of gets told. He, he talks about all the stuff that he does. Right. Um, and he did to kill this deer. Cause this deer is about a seven eight year old deer. So it's not 78, seven, seven eight. or eight. Yeah. Um. So that's the show. Let's get into our sponsors today before we hop into it. We talk about these fellas a lot in the show, and that's reveal cameras by Tacticam. Greg runs those as well yep. for good reason because they're badass. Yeah. We talk about the app and how awesome it is and the different things you can do for it. You can use them cheating while coyote hunting, obviously.
1: <laughs> so. You think it's gonna come out one side of the farm? You end up s- s- swinging a. That's a pretty know. lucky setup. It right was there. pretty cool, yeah. right? Like I was and, like, and you, the fact that you checked it. Yeah. Well i kind of did for that reason i was like because i had my phone right there and i I'm usually like, oh, don't pay bus. attention you know what i'm saying so i no. looked and i was like oh that's a tech that's a trail camera picture oh, I clicked, it's, a, like, it's a coyote that's a coyote that's so, pretty cool yeah, yeah it was kind of neat
0: um but these cameras you know are are awesome i actually i think i'm i'm getting to the point my favorite cam is the gen 2.0 i like the gen twos yeah, yeah they're they're my favorites um but i have several um the x pros as well i think i have four of those and eight gen x 2.0s i'm pretty sure um, but I kind of want to try them all and my plan next year is to have all of them set up on solar
2: and they idea. they have solar cams or yep. solar panels.
0: Yep. Um, so check out reveal cameras by tactic cam on X, use our code MWW 20 for 20% off. Um, obviously this time of year we're using on X probably more than we do any time, any other time of the year with Kyle hunting. going oh, on. Oh, definitely. Uh, we're always looking the damn thing, you know, where are we going to sit this and that. So, um, Check the app out. Uh, Midwest Gunworks. Use our code WOODSWATER. I think it still works uh, for 5% off since, you know, it's 2024 now. Um, and we're still kind of working with them on that. Uh, use that code. Um, just bought something off there the other day for my new 6 Creed that I'm getting it set up so I can use the arc mount instead of the clamp. Clamp. I just don't like them, man. I want to use my ARCA mounts. Oh, yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. I, so, I prefer my ARCA Um They make the one clamp. now that I can... I can actually have that for the, the whole length of the gun uh, yep. and use it a little smarter and closer to the, the middle lever point of the gun. So yeah. I installed my uh, adjustable gas block
1: over the— No, well, I installed it, I think, a week ago, but I actually got my Grendel out and shot it, got it adjusted right so I can run my suppressor and got my Athlon— We'll move into that—Athlon optics. Oh, you I got, ruined it. <laughs> I got my Athlon uh, thermal mounted up, so now nice. I just gotta sight that in
0: and get ready for thermal season. You didn't ruin it. Season. You didn't ruin it. Speaking of Athlon thermals, guess what I mounted on my night gun last, yesterday? I'm assuming you're you're Athlon thermal? Nope. Freaking laser beam. A laser? Huh? Got, got my laser. I got a laser for Christmas yeah. from my uh, in-laws. Yeah. And it's a it's a laser mounted on the side of the gun. So that if, you know, like, we're like, where the hell is it? Yeah. What are you talking about? That laser. uh, Or, you know, where am I supposed to walk? You can laser it. Um, I got that mounted yesterday. Oh, nice. So uh, you didn't ruin it. Athlon optics, though. Yep. That's what we both got on our thermals. And uh, that's coming up soon, brother. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Guessing you didn't go sighted in tonight like you were talking about. (laughs) No,
1: no. I don't know if you guys Just a little bit of snow on the ground. This is Tuesday. It's January 8th. The ninth, I believe Yep uh, And as you know If you live in Missouri There's about six inches Of snow
0: on the ground so Where we are Yeah, yeah Where we're at uh, So check them out Athlon Optics Weber Outfitters WeberOutfitters.com They're gonna be at ATA uh, And they've got their Coyote tournament coming up Actually Last it'll be weekend. over By the time <laughs> you guys hear this Hopefully you guys um, made it hopefully out Hopefully you guys made it out uh, And you know Support uh, Good cause For Weber Morrell Targets Morrell Targets Based out of Arkansas Um haven't been shooting much right now, just because we're in it's coyote killing season. Coyote mode. I actually thought about putting my bow up last night. Oh, did it's you? still technically in my garage, ready to go. And I thought about taking breaking my bow
1: out the other day. So I'm thinking, dude. This so this upcoming weekend, uh, it's going to be what the 11th, 12th, or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be one degrees on Sunday. I might go deer hunting just to do it. To a A, to test out my hunt worth a little more than Mm -hmm. i already have and i always try
0: to get one (laughs) last you know one last bow hunt in before the season ends uh river's edge tree stands use our code missouri10 for 10 percent off plus free shipping which is huge on any hang on or ladder stand um we're going to check out some of their new products at ata lucky buck luckybuckmineral.com yep start getting that stuff out oh yeah it's a good time to have it out here uh, at the end of the year Black Ovis, use our code Missouri10, MWW10, excuse me, for 10% off. Uh, I was just on there yesterday. What was I looking for? What the hell was I looking for? Don't remember. It was something gun-related. I was looking at pants. I need you to, always want pants.
1: I need to get more pants. I've done ruined my pants that, you know, I use every
0: day, and mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of theirs. So. They got some cool field pants. Yep. yep. Uh, com and last but not least, sister company to them, Camo Fire. Uh, get on that. Download the app. That's what I would do.
1: Yeah, download the, the, the Camo do Fire it.
0: app, and then you get those daily deals refreshed every every night. At, I think at eleven, or is it one? I think, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Once a day, you get daily deals for sure. Get on there, spend some money that your wife doesn't know you're spending. Dang right, or, or husband. Whichever one. So, all right, but let's get That's into it. the show with Greg. Let's do it. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, with us tonight, we got our old friend of the show, Greg Glessinger. Um, Greg, we were just talking about how long it's been since we actually had you on, and we can't believe uh, you made a comment about the studio, and we're like, he hasn't seen this yet. So It's been over two years. Welcome to the new studio.
2: It's good to hear from you, man. It's awesome. Congratulations for you guys on the incredible growth. I mean, the backdrop is awesome. So obviously things are going well for you guys, and that's good to hear
0: yeah uh, before we get into today's topic um, I actually want to tell you know, want you to tell everybody what you've been up to because since we've talked to you last you've made a uh, a change in what you're doing and you've got this new awesome thing that you're doing with some some guys that that we know that we think highly of as well uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and tell everybody about this new uh, venture you're on called Huntworks
2: Sure. I was with Drew Outdoors. It's hard to say it, but I was with them for 14 years. And, um, you know, I pretty much achieved every award and multiple times. And you get to a point in your career where you just kind of like, you know, been there and done that. And the challenges weren't there anymore. And, and it just came to a point that I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to step away and, and really stop, stop filming and just film for myself and my son and, and just have fun with it. And, um, Gave, gave, notice, uh, that would have been spring of, uh, I got to think about this now spring of 22. Yeah. Spring of 22 is March, March of 22. Um, and gave notice and just kind of hung, hung it up and just kind of said, you know, it is what it is. And, and, um, the rumors got around pretty quick in the industry and within, I don't know, within 30 days I had four or five OEMs reaching out saying, Hey, I heard you left. If you want to do your own thing, let us know. Well, three or four turned into about a dozen. Um, and then, um, my son said something that kind of woke me up. Um, I should probably backtrack. There's a, there's a sign between my daughter and son's room that says be, be so good. People can't ignore you. And, um he, he reminded me of that and said, if you're ever going to do it on your own, now's the time because if you wait too long, you're going to become irrelevant. And he was right. And so I um, went to bed that night and woke up and I said, you know what, I'll return some of these calls and see how real they really are. And um, off I went and the dominoes started to fall. And um, obviously, it's it's not all that simple. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a lot of trials and tribulations and ups and downs and phone calls and learning because i was obviously in front of the camera never behind it so i part of the business was all new to me so i didn't know it so i just you know start from ground zero so that was a huge learn curve um and uh we partnered up with uh, matt and adam from land and legacy and of course uh, casey and we picked up some other guys since then mm-hmm. um, max and and spencer and trace and um seth and so on and so forth but um those four, those three other guys were kind of the nucleus of the whole thing and when i brought the concept to them matt and adam quickly jumped on and said yeah we want to be a part of this this your idea is what we want to do fits into what we do you know how do we make it all work and so we teamed up very quickly and um uh, everything came together and it's hard to believe that we just are almost finishing up season two so season one aired on the sportsman's channel Uh, This past fall, third and fourth quarter, and we launched our YouTube series October 1st of 23. And I I can't believe I'm going to tell you this, but we're knocking on, uh, we're at like 9,800 subscribers in in 90 days. Um, So that's growing well beyond our belief um, and our expectations. So um, our season two that we're just finishing up was record-breaking. We knocked down uh 19 from all over from the west to the midwest uh predominantly with bows some with guns but uh, the team did a phenomenal year we still got a few weeks left for some of us something in wisconsin but for the most part the season's coming to a close but it's it's been an enjoyable ride uh i've learned a ton um i don't know if i'd recommend this too many people to go do this because it's way harder than i think people understand and that's the part, and I'm guilty. I am. Yeah. I'm speaking to myself when I say that. Um, you better have a lot of time, effort, and um, make sure you don't give up because there's just a lot of hurdles yeah. um, to get through, and it takes a lot of time. But we're here. We're already, and we're already talking about season three, which I can't believe the time has gone by this fast. Yep. But um, I've learned a ton, and it's been. Uh, incredible learning experience. And I've met a lot of great people because of it. So looking back, um, it was probably a good decision. And I didn't have an, even, any interest in doing it at the time. Yeah. Um, it just kind of
0: happened. Kind of happened. Dude, it's, I mean, we obviously knew about it and watched you, you know, and and we think the world of Greg and, and yourself and um, yourself, Greg, and, uh, you know, obviously rooting for you and you hit the nail on the head. Like this stuff, Um, you know, some people think, Hey, if I start a podcast, it's just one hour a week. That's all I got to do one hour a week. And it couldn't be further from the truth, you know, whether it's a podcast or a YouTube channel, which we're now dipping our toes into putting our podcast on YouTube. And that, that adds more editing and more things to do. And it's, 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 it's a, it's a lot of work, you know, it's gotta be something you really want to do. Um, and I think we've we've been able to have our show now for so long. We're almost we're about to uh, uh, celebrate our 200th episode, so that's kind of cool. And you know, you're you're going into season three. And funny, you know, he might not know this, but Adam actually was the very first person I ever talked to mm. about oh wow the possibility yeah. of making a show. So. Adam came from the network that we're now we're on, uh, Sportsman's Empire Network. Landon Legacy used to be on that, and when we were thinking about joining the network and starting our podcast, uh, the owner of that network, Dan Johnson, gave our phone number, gave Adam my Adam's number to me, and said, "Call this guy." And so I happened to call Adam, and he talked to me for. He might not even remember this conversation. It was four or five years ago at this point he talked to me about he
2: he would he would remember yeah he would remember i think i've
0: spoke to him about it since but he told me you know the the good the bad the ugly about starting a podcast back then and i took what he said to heart and when him and i originally talked about it after i got off the phone with him i knew that we weren't ready to do it yet um I (laughs) i didn't know i didn't know who um who was, who was I going to do this, this with or what? And that's when I started having conversations with, you know, people like my brother-in-law, Micah, Andy, other folks in our circle about the possibility of starting this thing. And then once I felt like we had our ducks in a row because of the things that Adam talked to me about, that's when we decided to, to you know, kick the door down and, and go. Um, because you don't just want to stick your, stick your toe in because you'll fail. You need to be ready to work, Um you stick your toe in, you're going to realize it's a lot of hard work and it's more than you thought. And there's other things you have to deal with that you didn't think were parts of doing, a, sh- whether it's a YouTube show or a show on network TV or uh, just a podcast. There's things that you got to deal with that you don't even think about when you're thinking about uh, starting it. And some of it's not so fun. And uh, if you're not ready to jump in head headfirst, you're, you're probably going to fail at it. And so until we were ready, we didn't start it. And Adam Keith was one of the, the major players in us actually starting this show. And uh, he might not remember that, but he was the first person I talked to and asked questions to about a podcast. That's so awesome. Always always think highly human. of Adam, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, Adam he's a a He's a wonderful human. So I, it wouldn't surprise me that he, he helped you out in so many ways. That's just the good nature of him. He's yep. a good guy. So uh, anyways, the premise of today's show is actually when you
0: kill a 197-inch giant, you can't know. not talk about it. Yeah, you kind of got to okay. talk about it. <laughs> so, this uh this story is about a 197 inch giant that Greg killed in the great state of Iowa, which we all know is the worst um whitetail state in the country. Um, it's really hard to kill a uh, big deer in Iowa. It's a bad state. We all know that. Greg made it happen. He did right. <laughs> and uh, but um, and I joke because it's you know Greg is just really good at putting down giants. You know, that's that's just what he can he can do. He he puts effort into these mature whitetail. and we'll talk about how old this deer was in a second. And what I think is really cool about this story, which you can check out on Huntworks, is it's not just about the hunting season where this story really gets unfolded. Everybody's gonna see the hunt, everybody's gonna see the arrow enter. And Greg holding the deer, but what Greg is amazing at is what he does on the back end, and what I think a lot of people maybe lack is you know that preparation in July, that preparation in March, April, May, those those months where you know it's the off season, it's really not. And so um, this this story kind of involves all those things from the actual hunt itself to you know strategy to the preparation of this farm so um let's talk about uh you know this deer obviously 197 inch beast um people can check it out on your guys's instagram and see the pictures and they're gonna be able to see the the video as well um but
2: how did this story start with this particular whitetail you know um i should go back and and go back to some of our ritual habits that we do to help maybe wrap my help the, the viewers understand even though you know every single year at the end of the year we rock and stack the cameras uh reveal cameras as well as our footage and go okay who's the next prospect mm-hmm. right and so we're always thinking 12 12 months ahead always and uh ranger was his name came at the top of the list at the end of the year thinking, you know, there's a good probability that he's going to grow up a little bit more and now he's going to be for sure seven, if not eight. And I'm like, okay, he's probably going to basically meet his potential. We need to put some time and thought into that. So it starts the year before and because we want to identify the part of the farm that we want to change, modify, adjust whatever it needs to make sure that we've done everything possible to make sure we put our, ducks in a row and and get everything that we can to our best possible ability to have the biggest advantages so it starts really that following fall by just making notes and and keeping track of what deers wear and then come the off season uh right now actually me and Casey were just exchanging text today for for this coming spring which is we've got to go through our deer inventory and which one's going to be our hit list, and what what ones we're going to focus on to apply the work to uh, on that part of the farm. So that just happened just this morning. Mm-hmm. And so once we identify that, then we go back and go, okay, what what was that part of the farm last year? What was it lacking? And in this particular part of the farm, um, it was food. Um, we had a food plot that we thought needed to be adjusted by roughly 30 to 35% bigger just because of tonnage. The problem with that was it was going to be a real disadvantage by going that much bigger for the tonnage for us to hunt them because it was going to be so big. We lost our bottleneck and this field prior to our adjustments had a really good bottleneck to it and it had a hourglass effect. We had, a, we had green, or gr- green on one side, a bottleneck and then grain on the other. Well, that past fall, uh, the grain did not take very well. It was dry and just a whole lot of avenues. It didn't work. So I'm like, okay, this spring, we're gonna have to do two things. We're gonna have to do a different type of grain. We went with rye and wheat on the far side, and then we went with brassicas and clover in front of the blind. So they had two different food sources to force them through that bottleneck to force transitions. And the problem with making that food plot bigger, it exposed it to the road, i didn't like oh yeah and so casey and i (laughs) came up to the idea that hey we're going to put some egyptian wheat and make a strong barrier and oh by the way if we make this barrier like we had drawn out on the on the paperwork was we're going to force them at a 45 degree angle to force them through that bottleneck and that design is the biggest key this whole thing and circumstances of course you got to have some luck too but we had the tonnage we had a bunch of deer out there and without that new layout and design that we did that spring and summer um oh and top it all off our exit entry was was not what i was looking for happy with on this part of the farm so we actually went in and cut probably well over 100 cedars oh man um and and stacked them for a visual block for us to get in and out visually so we knew that he was going to be our number one and we wanted to be able to hunt him whether it's one day or 25 days and it's you know the old saying it's one thing for deer to hear you it's one thing if a deer sees you and smells you Um, we just didn't want to be seen if they hear us they don't know who we are and we always have the wind in our favor so i'm like well they're not going to smell us but we don't want them to see us so and God forbid, we sure hear, see, back. and smell you all at the same time. Yeah, then you're, <laughs> It's you know? horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a disaster. And when he's seven and a half, if not eight, he's not going to put up with that. No. So, um, we spent a lot of time in the exit and entry to prove that. And so, we hunted this guy uh, 11, 12 days. Yeah, I think that's what the number is. So this Yeah, 11 or 12 um some of those are only afternoon sits. some of those are morning and afternoons so it could be you know maybe 20 sits Mm -hmm. a total um and we did that it was on two different parts of the farm but where we ended up killing them we hunted them several days in a row and morning and night and um the only way we would have done that is by doing all the prep work that we did in the spring and the summer yeah because of the new design and the exit and entry was as close as the bulletproof as a guy can create, which allowed us to hunt them that many days. Yeah. Um, wild saying is if you can hunt deer without them knowing they're being hunted, which is having a solid uh, entry and exit, then you could hunt as many times as you want, as long as you have the wind, of course. Sure. Um, and, and we proved that point because we hunted him four days in a row, three days in a row. Um, before we got him killed so and so this is where i think
0: i mean guys like me um i mean you earlier in your career i'm sure anybody that has hunted at any point in their life where a lot of their failure quote unquote would come from is is those springtime summer decisions early last spring is when you made decisions you and casey it sounds like sat down and talked about okay here's what our reveal cameras um, are telling us which by the way uh, obviously a great camera company to go with uh reveal cameras are badass um they are i no longer have to have my little note anymore even I though i still like to do it, it, it i just you. do it on there but um you know you you took the information that reveal cameras gave you from the last year previous season and said here's what ranger by the way sounds like we're going with baseball still baseball names right yeah
2: we are because okay. they were in the series so yep that's right like it
0: yep. um you took that information, you said, okay, how can we make it possible to kill him over here? And you and you guys had to sit down and, and literally decide, what are we going to do here to make our, our possibilities of killing him even remotely there? There's the first, to me, the first victory, I guess you'd call it, against a deer is being willing to um, change something that really might not necessarily be broken. Um it's not like that food plot wasn't successful. I mean, I know some of the the food didn't take because of the drought, but it's not like the design was bad. It's not like you had any issues other than it was maybe a little small for what you were trying to get done, but it had a perfect bottleneck. I'm sure there was deer in it every sure night. sure there was deer in it. Many hunters would leave it alone right there and say, well, how are we going to attack this? But you make a decision to make the bottleneck bigger, figure out a way to Shield yourselves from this deer, and then go out and cut a hundred cedars out, which, by the way, is good for your environment, anyways. And have to, you know, put them in front so that you can, you know, get in and out successfully. How do you work against your natural laziness as a human being? All of us have it. All of us say, "What I have now could probably still work." How do you sit down in conversations with Casey or whoever whoever else you're talking with? I'm sure you bounce these ideas off Adam and Matt all the time too and say, is this something I need to, to do? Because it might be better than what is working for me now. What goes into that thought process and those conversations when you guys are making those decisions like you did last spring?
2: Um, I think it comes down to i'll give you an example uh this is kind of hilarious i'm not gonna throw casey under the bus <laughs> even though i just did but i'm <laughs> going to you know we put we put so much effort into planning preparation and pursuing that we were like day three of chasing this guy and he was he was lacing up leather boots to go out we were getting ready we we're jumping the truck and take off and he's lacing up leather boots i looked at him and i said You're going to lace up leather boots. He goes, you got a problem with it? And I go, I do. And I said, all the work, effort, and all the stuff that we put in, and now you're going to take the risk of putting leather boots on and not rubber boots on because of the chance of them tracking our smell? I said, how was that going to sit when that little element of detail didn't get checked? And that's what got us. He looked at me, took off his shoes, and put on the rubber boots. That's the mental process that you have to have, is if you think it's good that is the dangerous of great because most people think if they're good that's good enough we try to take it all the way past that even though it's good is it great it was good but it wasn't great and i casey and i have worked uh this is eight years now together um that we, we both appreciate each other and we both respect each other's opinions and he was like yeah I, you know, we have to be able to look ourselves in the mirror and say, is there something we could have done differently or better? And at that point, I, in the spring, I'm like, it's not good enough. I'm going to have a lot of doubts if we don't kill them. And so we came up with a plan. And when the plan was finally done and executed, I'm like, if we don't kill them, it was never meant to be, but there is nothing else that we can do to make this, this good. Yeah. And that's what it took. Now, could, could have the old plot and the old design work? I guess we'll never know, but I wasn't going to allow the chance of that to happen Yeah. because, you know, when you have a seven and a half, eight year old plus or minus 200 inch deer, you know, I, I feel like you, you don't have a whole lot of second chances to kill him. Right. You you're might have one. one. If, yeah. Yeah. How, how? If you get one, you're going to be lucky. How big of a farm was it that you were hunting him on?
0: How many acres? Because you, talk you talked about two different areas on this farm that you had hunted them on.
2: The, is that correct? They're only, they're only as a crow flies, they're only about 300 yards apart. Yeah. 250 yards apart. Mm-hmm. But one is dead middle, and then one is on the edge. And we went in on the dead middle one because that's where he was uh, first right after, I think we hunted him on the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th of October, right after the first of opening. And I, I think it was on the 7th or 8th of October- I had the best sit that I could tell you in, I don't know, 25, 30 years of bow hunting. It was unbelievable. We saw, we went in there, we knew we had about six or seven uh, mature bucks that we were able to see from a 150 all the way up to, to him. And we saw every single one of them that night except him. It was just a night of all nights. And I'm like, this is not good. I looked at Casey and I said, I think he's gone uh, because I said, he's not with his buddy, he's left. Um, why is he not here? And, um, doubt starts setting in and, um, he wasn't showing up on camera. And so we, we backed out thinking, well, this may be us because that part of the farm, the exit entry is not as good as I would like it to be. So we're kind of pushing our luck there. We had great wind, great access. Um, but, um, it wasn't happening like I thought. So we backed out and waited for the reveal cameras to come back in. And he wasn't he wasn't popping up. Well, he wasn't he wasn't showing up anywhere. And I'm like, I just can't see him leaving because I, you guys know this. As they get old, they don't move as much. Um, their core their core territory shrinks a lot, and they become very methodical, um, cranky old men. But they're also very cautious. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so um, we saw him on the hoof on the 30th of October, which was the first time that we seen him. And uh, we had just a ton of does, a ton of other deer in front of us. And he wasn't, we had him at, I think 52 yards was, was the closest uh, we had him and he was walking away. So it had been a, a bad shot anyway, cause it was just giving us his his backside. Um, and he was just pushing does, pushing bucks and all of that. But he was always with the same deer that we called Mac. And there were, if you saw one, you saw two and then I was like, Casey, you know, he's obviously here. The does are here. He's got to come back. So we got to come back on the 31st and um, went in the morning and didn't see him. And I said, well, we Mazza, well go back. And we did. And here's here's the whole thing about circumstance is um, the night before we had all those deer and does. And he was running around with the heads cut off and having a, a good old time when he came out on the 31st, it was him and Mac and that's it. And so circumstances does play a huge part of somebody's success and being at the right place at the right time for sure. But when he came out, his mind wasn't distracted. He wasn't forced to pick up other bucks. He wasn't forced to pick up other does and, and try to lock one down. And the food plot design that we had laid out worked perfectly um once mac saw another doe on the other side of our uh, hourglass he committed and he walked right through the bottleneck and i looked at case and i said it's over and he said why do you say that and i said because he's going to follow mac right through it because he's going to see that doe and he's not going to let mac have it and i don't know 45 seconds to a minute later here he come is, walking right through
1: is mac another mature deer he
2: is he's uh
1: five five if not six and he's still and they're still like bachelored up like that even in almost November or that's yeah the end,
2: of, end of October yeah, yeah. Odd, every time it? we saw them, they all saw them together and I don't I don't know why I think that's a great great question I don't, I don't have an answer to it but they always seem to be paired together yeah well um, they- if you saw one you saw the two.
0: They say, uh, you know, every deer's got a personality, obviously, right? And we actually had a couple guys on our show a month or so ago where they had two, they b- killed both of these deer. Uh, they had two mature bucks on a farm, and these two bucks had, it's like their territories were the opposite corners of the farm. And anytime time they would mm. come near each other, they'd fight. And But they, they almost never stayed near each other. So their personalities were obviously abrasive. As, as a
2: whitetail, right? Just like every well, human being. Well, it's funny has. because, it yeah, and I agree with you. Deer have personalities. I will never argue that with anybody because I've seen it long enough to realize that I'm. You're you're absolutely right. But Mac was always first, huh? Always, yeah. And I think he allowed him to go first to be the, yeah, obviously the the, the scout,
1: yeah, yeah, the dummy or whatever, yeah, the dummy. I,
2: I feel like that's so,
1: that's part I, of an,
0: an eight year old deer like like uh, ranger. I feel like he's got a deer like Mac with him for reasons. You know, it's not because they're buddies, it's not because they're best friends. No. They're deer. They don't give mm-hmm. a shit about each other. Um, it's it's I I think it's survival. Like I bet something happened at some point in Ranger's life where he didn't die because another deer helped him out, figured something out and it was just almost like second nature. I'm going to make sure I've always got something with me you know a second set of eyes and for whatever reason him and ranger you know or him and mac teamed up i guess you'd call it and mac's a mature deer at five years old but he's still not you know the high man on the totem pole so yeah why don't you go first dude why don't you check everything out you're already smart you're you're already a mature deer so you're going to you know not do stupid things but if you do something stupid
2: i'm gonna let you do it and not me I'm gonna let you die. I think that's what happened. Yeah. I think that's what happened. Unfortunately, he didn't realize that Max, Mac actually killed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's because why we're the Max that's why we're the them. hunters, and they're you know they're still prey. We're still smarter
2: in the end than they are <laughs> overall. Well, there is there you know, and, and I got to say you know there is circumstances, and when when we're all said and done at that night sitting around and enjoying and taping them out and having all that good good times that you know you do when you kill a 197. But I was like you know Casey. We had them at 52 the night before, but the circumstances were completely different. And I think that's the part that really is an important part. You've got to do the prepping and the planning and the preparation and all that stuff. Yes, for sure. But just within a 24-hour period, the circumstances were completely different from a plot that had tons of bucks and tons of does to they come out, it was only them. Yeah. Yeah. And it was dumb luck timing. If they would have come out five minutes later, we'd have had the same circumstances as the as of October thirtieth. Yeah, it's just crazy how that happened. That doe might have
0: already been out of the the plot by then, and yeah, I can see yeah. that.
2: Yep, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So how
0: do your? Do, go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to ask. Like, so, I mean, you've always, how long have you had history
2: with this deer? oh well we're putting that together now i'm going to say at least four if not five years four years five years so like how big of
1: a range do you think he had was it fairly small it got
2: smaller the last two years I um see is really when when we really started noticing him on that part of the farm and um the year before fall of 22 i was chasing another part of the farm because we had a, another big one that i wanted that was older um we, we, we chase age first and score second because um, for obvious reasons, um, yeah. if they happen to be 178 and they're eight years old, well, I'm going to go chase him versus a six-year-old that's, you know, 190. Um, so we, we let him be, do his thing and get comfortable, and that was really, I think, it wasn't my design. It was purely luck because we were chasing another one, and he called that place home and he didn't leave we kept cameras on him all year long and he was around so i'm like okay he's he's created a home spot that he's comfortable now let's make sure that he have everything there i mean we had the great food we have water i call it the triangle effect which is bedding water and food and he had all three so we had every rhyme or reason for him not to leave Mm -hmm. now it's the only thing that we need to do is not pressurize you know his his core area so we give him a reason to leave so i'm like we've got to fix this exit and entry and make sure that's bulletproof because once we get in the season i we won't be able to make adjustments so
1: so you're probably um, not going into
2: what really what killed him
1: yeah so you're probably not going into his bedding area at all are you
2: no no we'll shed on it in spring in march um and then once we shed on it we're out yeah yeah, I that's think there's
0: it. a lot to be said to that too. And I, I just love to be there in the spring last last spring, you know, at that table with you and Casey, and just the breakdown going through your brain, like being inside your brain and going, "This is what I think we should do." You know, we could leave well enough alone, but I don't know if this is going to work. You know, I think that's that's one part of my hunting career where I'm I'm still I have a lot of growth to 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 go still is making decisions about the farm itself, thinking about the deer, and not only just thinking about how am I going to hunt that deer? I need to hunt that deer, so I need to start worrying about, you know, getting him this way. Well, or you could do things to the farm. You could work on the farm to successfully do what you're hoping to do. That's where I think, you know, I've got a lot of growth to, to do, and um, it just makes me, you know, wish I could, like, just be inside your brain for five minutes and go, how the hell did he think of these things to do? You know, what What was going through his brain to say, I don't think what we've got going on is enough. It might be, but I don't think it is to kill him. And I'm, I want to kill him, so we're going to do this. That is where I think a lot of deer don't get killed, right there in those March through July dates where you say, I can kill him next year the way we are now. I'm going to leave it alone. And then you don't. So... um, That is probably the most important part, honestly, of this story is what you guys did back in in the spring. Um, Now, that evening, uh, you obviously used your entry uh, point that you had set up and and got in safely. Um, Him and Mac came into the plot. Um, Mac led him right through the the bottleneck. Take me through – take us through that moment where, you know, you you told Casey he's dead, which, by the way – Poor guy needs to get on this show and and uh, you know protect himself every once in a while. We got we we should just listen to them two talk on an entire <laughs> show. I think it'd be funner and hell.
2: Oh, you know, I'll tell you, Casey's good at what he does, man. Yeah, he he, he um he he loves tails more than anything in in life, and I say that with all due respect. He he truly loves it. I love western hunting. He's he likes it, but he. He loves tails. He yeah. just can't get enough of it. He lives and breathes it uh, 365 days. So, you know, we we are constantly bouncing ideas. Our mental minds, I hate to say it, but it is true, we never turn them off of how to kill shit. It yeah. just, I don't. And he doesn't and I don't. We're always trying to find a, the next way to, to figure something out. Yep. Um, so to, to, to answer your question, um what why did we make the decision and what made us make the decision it, it just comes back to um i don't want to leave any 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 stone unturned um when you start seeing stuff you know six, seven, and eight years old you if you're gonna you're gonna be lucky to get one one arrow at him or you know inside of 40 yards and if you screw that up you're probably not going to get a second one until maybe the following year you might you might it Mm -hmm. does happen but it's not highly probable depending on how bad you bust them so i'm like sometimes you get lucky and you might kill him on the first sit sometimes it might take you 15 16 20 sits to get him and you know um i'm like if we have to do this because i knew he was he was our number one and I, i was gonna basically say if i don't kill him that's fine, but I'm not going to give up until the season's out. So if I know we're going to hunt this deer until we kill him, we got to make sure that everything we can possibly do so we can hunt them that many days, we have to do. Yeah. And so that's the biggest motive. Yep. So take us I through. If I, if, I, if I had one suggestion to all your, your listeners and viewers, if you really want to get good at deer hunting, and I don't care about the size, it's irrelevant to me, pick out one deer on your farm. And say it's him or bust, and you're probably not going to kill him, but what you will do is you're going to learn a lot. And the following year, he's probably in trouble. Yeah,
1: I would I would agree with that. No, that's a good yeah, that's a good way to do it. You know, because like Baraka this year, I think that would have yeah. been a
0: lot of Barack. So we him and I got a new farm this year, and okay, I hunted. Congrats. Yep, uh, I hunted. Um, the hell out of a certain deer name we nicknamed him baraka i'm still using the mortal Kombat characters and uh baraka ended up being a uh, just shy of 179 inches i hunted the hell out of that deer mike hunted him mike ended up killing him we were to the point where we actually didn't think it was going to happen we thought our chances were gone um however i think next year would have been a different story if that deer would have lived outside of you know yeah, well, killing
1: them. we had literally, what, six oh, months of history? With thousands them. of pictures and videos. Yeah, but six months of history. Yeah. It's hard to pattern one with just six months, you know? You're just, you're literally taking it, it from, yeah. uh, you know, we we got history from July till the time
0: I killed Opening him. Opening no, day. Y- yeah, yeah,
1: you know, so.
0: But I think next year, if, if he would have lived and we continue hunting that farm, I think our chances of killing him would go up exponentially. Now, would we would we have killed him? Who knows? But we would have gathered data on that deer. We would have figured out his patterns in the summertime, in the actual hunting season. You know, when do we attack him? When do we leave him be? Um, this year, we were, I mean, it was just the, you know, we know he likes to be here in the mornings, and the, the weather patterns are right. Let's get after him. Didn't work today. He wasn't on that area of the farm. Oh, he happened to be over here. Okay, I'm going to try it this way now. And, you know, he just was, he kept being one step ahead of us all season until he wasn't. And that's that's why you hunt. But you're taking data, I mean, you're hunting a deer that's eight years old. You knew him for four years. So you you see his core area start from however big, shrink down, shrink down as he gets even older. And then you and Casey sit there and talk about how are we going to kill him? Well, we could be good, just like you said earlier, right? We could be good and leave this food plot just like it is, or we could be great. Because it was good. Yeah.
2: It, it just wasn't great.
0: Or we could be great, and we're going to do this. And, you know, I like to think that if you didn't make those moves, you wouldn't have killed them. Now, you might have. We'll never know, we'll right? We'll never know. But I we'll like to think know. that you got rewarded for those moves is kind of what, you know, I think there's you know, there's not like hunting gods but I think there is reward for hard work. And sometimes I feel like you're like, hey, let's leave it alone. He just slips by you. I mean, look at it, it this what way.
1: What was it? Did you? I think you said October 3rd or 1st or something like that. You were out there. The best setter you've ever had where you had, what, five mature deer? Five deer mm-hmm. over 150 you see in one night. But not him. Well, not yeah. him. But I'm just saying, take away the one deer away from it. That's... Who knows if you would have saw those five deer if you didn't put in those in the work to get to where you're at, yeah. you know? You, you might have saw one shooter or one mature buck that
2: night, but you saw five. I mean, that's, that's amazing right there. True. Oh, Casey looked at me and goes, dude, you should be tagged out. This is stupid. We, we, we should be done. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you will elevate your game of hunting, and I say this with 100% certainty and confidence. If, like I said, I don't care about the about the size of the animal. I'm just saying pick one and just dedicate your season to killing one. And if you don't kill them, you will be rewarded with a crap load of knowledge because you'll be forced to look at things you didn't need to think of or forced to learn what you didn't know was possible. And I've done that a few times in my career, and that's what's put me into this position now where we're – consistently harvesting mature whitetails on a consistent basis with a bow it's because i took that to heart which is one year in 2017 we killed uh, my first 200 inch deer and three years before that i'm like i'm killing one deer well it took us almost four years to kill him yeah was that triple play he forced me down that was major league okay well, we have, um, we have the story the of Triple Play on our show if you guys yeah. want to
0: go back and listen to it. I remember what episode it is, but that's has a great story, too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But he, Major League taught me how to really understand and look things differently. And I did that because I, I was like him or bust, him or bust, or him or bust. And he, he gave me all different avenues of what to look for and what to do and what not to do and all those other things. And so ever since then our success rate has gone through the roof because we're looking at things differently. It's not that I'm better than anybody else. It's just that I'm looking at different cues and different points of the property and, and dissecting things differently. But also, um, you know, you guys had said, um, it's one thing to think. It's one thing to have action. Right. And if you think you should do it, you probably should. Long as you're not cutting trees, like you know, cedar trees, they, they grow fairly rapidly and they're, you know but if you're gonna go cut any type of you know trees of any core you can't glue them on in your lifetime they're not going to come back so make sure that if you're going to cut something that you're really making a right decision um because that's something you can't revert mm-hmm. but food plots grass warm season grass and that if you don't like it you know what yeah it takes time and, effort and energy for sure but it's not a forever change trees that's kind of a big deal yeah um but adam's favorite saying he said it last year to me he goes greg you're not afraid to take a great a good spot and make it great and he said i think that's part of some of the degree of separation yeah and i never heard anybody say that before but he said it several times now and it makes sense that what he's saying is if there's stuff that we think could be better we're going to act on it and we're going to make it better yeah um and i think if people do go to action and make their farms better, I think they're going to have better results. Agreed. And if, if you're someone who
0: doesn't have the ability to make changes to a farm that you hunt, you know what, I mean, obviously public ground, you can't do stuff like that, but if you've got a farm that you have access to that you don't have the ability to make changes, you know, cause there are folks out there. I mean, the farm that me and you have, we yeah, might not have the ability sure. to do a lot, but that doesn't mean you can't, make changes based on what is there you know what what you're working with uh you just might not be able to make the changes you really want to have happen it might have to be a little more strategic as far as the hunting itself goes but it doesn't mean um you know taking the information let's say the farm that you just hunted uh ranger on you couldn't touch it had to be how it was nothing you can do about it well, then, instead of worrying about what you're going to do from the, you know, the plot perspective and entry and access, you're worrying about everything that Ranger is giving you over the last four or five years, using that to then make my access bulletproof and how can I get in and out without getting caught. Um, in this case, you took the information he gave you and then said, I'm going to make my access bulletproof by doing this. But, you know, some people might not have that same ability, and that's fine. You just have to do it a different way. The, the key is, in my opinion, and, and Greg told me what you think here, the key is sitting down and thinking about those things way before the season ever gets here.
2: It starts now. Yeah. I mean, once your season closes out, now's the time when it's fresh in your head to make notes, pull out your, your reveal camera pics, Um and if you're filming it, pull, pull out some of your footage, and – and go through that stuff. Uh, well, uh, another suggestion I talk about all the time is, you know, there's an app on your phone called Notes. And Casey and I, I use it. it all the time. If we may not harvest something that sit or that afternoon, but I guarantee we're going to harvest information. And we make sure that we make notes on what that is so that when we gather that information at the year, year end to regroup for what we're going to do for the following year, we have it. Because you can't remember it all. No. Um, so, but if you can remember it, make notes while you're in the present, uh, in that location, it sure helps and it triggers your memory. Oh yeah, we need to move this set twenty feet or whatever it may be. Just those little tweaks can change you from you know one arrow from being successful to bringing them from you know forty five yards to thirty two yards. Yeah. So the the biggest thing is a lot of people are just afraid to make adjustments because they are good. Um, but can they be better? And that's the part that some people just have a hard time doing.
0: Yeah. Um, I I agree with the notes app. I love the notes app. The reveal app is amazing. And I've been able to, it is. you know, yeah. like I make a, we made a folder for Baraka and then you can actually go and see all the weather for that folder. Um, the historical data for that. But even with that, I still have a notes app and Every time he was ever on camera, but
2: but let's let's go back to that. Yeah. let's go back to that because that that reveal app is critical because it, it's pretty I think damn you, important. You guys mentioned on, on the yeah the, the one that you guys just killed the one seventy plus when you guys had the folder, you had the options to go back and look at the weather and the temps and when he was moving at what what part of the farm. Yep. So then you, I assume, started going, okay, we've got a cold front or we've got a weather front and he's typically moving on these type of pressure days or weather days you were probably there based on collaborating all this information 100%. and put it in your hand and then utilizing that tool to then maximize the days you're going to hunt yeah is that fair oh 100 fair and even
0: i mean the the reveal app told us all this but even if you don't have you know cell cams even if you're just using the 75 five dollar basic cameras that reveal that reveal app told us very very clearly and this is very basic we didn't even need to go into detail we we did but we didn't need to very clearly that if you're going to see this deer on this farm you are likely to see him in the mornings very clear well 80 there you 80% go. of the pictures we have of that deer were in the am so when we when we were making decisions most of those decisions were based on how are we going to hunt him in a morning time like I mean, I hunted him as much as I possibly could have if I had the right weather, even if it wasn't the PM, but man, he just, he preferred to be on that farm in the mornings. So if you don't have an app, but you can do things like that. And then when you get your photos, you can go back and look at historical weather data. There's all kinds of websites where you can find historical weather also. And that's what I did before I had cell cams or cell cameras is I would open that note app. I'd put the date, the time what wind direction, how fast, barometric pressure. Was it rainy, cloudy, sunny? I'd put all that in that note and I would keep it. And I found myself a lot of times when I was hunting, going through that note app and just kind of like reading everything about that deer. And it's almost like you're reading it for like an aha moment. You're thinking to yourself, is there something in here I'm missing? And you're just scrolling through it. I, uh, I did this for, I mean, both these deer I had detailed lists on. For Baraka, we had a detailed list. Um, Every deer we've ever actually, you know, physically wanted to hunt, you know, we, what am I trying to say? You point this deer out and say, I'm going to try to kill this deer this year. We've done that with. Um, And even with my reveal app that I love so much and we, it's, I can't believe the, the cool things they've done, continued to do once we even started with the app. I still have notes because I love sitting there and just kind of scamming it and skimming it and just kind of going through and going. He's here every 4 days. It just hit me. Or you know whatever, you know, it's just you like I love doing those things where it's just kind of like you um you're looking for that hidden gem. Um so that's another thing I think people, you know, can do that takes a little extra work, but if you're a li- if you just have a little nerd in you, you'll enjoy it because yeah. it's um, it's fun to do, and, and apps like Reveal can can help you be a
2: nerd. <laughs> that's true. That's well said. Absolutely. So, but you you guys put something together that you're only going to hunt them or higher higher probability of hunting them in the morning. Did you kill them in the morning or after? Yep, morning yep. killed him What? Well, 30, 40 45 minutes. minutes
0: after first light. Yep. Yep.
2: See, that's that that's what's cool about that story is you did your homework. You put the pieces of the puzzle. Don't fight it. Go with it. Yeah. And and hunt him the way he needs to be hunted. Yeah. That's awesome. Congrats. That's cool. And it's it's the
0: same thing with your deer. Um you put the puzzle pieces together just like we would put the puzzle pieces together for Baraka. Um, not that this is a story about him, but that morning, Micah and I were talking about where are we going to go hunt today, and I had my son with me, so there there was a, a third option in here where my son was with me in, during this hunt, so we sat in different places, and I had this feeling because of that one picture we got of him, he gave us one photo about three nights before he died. I think it was three nights. I don't think so. I don't think... Four nights? I think it was over a week. He gave us one picture to give us a little bit of hope. And he was in this cove that he was start. It 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 was like his his, he started shifting west, and he he gave us this picture in this certain cove. And the spot itself wasn't an amazing spot uh, for a rifle. Micah, we had our rifles during rifle season. And I just I had a feeling if we're gonna see him, he's he's gonna be there. If I just had this feeling if we're gonna see him, he's gonna be there, and he's gonna be working east. And damned if he wasn't right there working east. And I, we only were able to figure that out because of the, the, the pictures we got. Otherwise, it would have just been, you know, throwing a dart at a board and hoping you shoot a deer, which can work for a lot of people. But, you know, it's a lot harder to, to kill deer like that when you're just hoping. So um, the night that you killed Ranger was a culmination of the hard work and the strategy that you, you put into it. Because you could have sat anywhere in the farm that night right
2: oh yeah for sure yeah we could have went anywhere but uh you know we were after that one particular deer and we knew that he was in the area and um we saw him the day before and so once i saw him the day before you know there's no way you're going to pull me out of that set right on the 31st there's no way Yep. you know so
0: so when he came through that pinch point and um, you said to casey he's dead take me through the feelings you know i mean you you took that drawback. How far was the shot? Um, you know, what was the aftermath? How did it go? Um,
2: you know, the, he was 31 yards. Um, and when you kill him with a bow, you know, there's so many things that could go wrong. And you just got to slow down the game um, the best you can and just um, let it play out. You know, he walked in front of us purely broadside. And I wasn't about to draw because he was so close. He was at, I don't know, plus or minus 30. And as he goes through the bottleneck, it's going to put him broadside, if not quartering away. Um, and he's he's basically biased at that point. So as much as you want to draw and, and get it done as fast as you can, sometimes we, we can be a worst enemy. And patience is the hardest thing sometimes as a bow hunter, but it's the best thing to do. And so I just had to wait for the right moment and get him into that bottleneck and then crowded him to stop. Obviously, as a, I was at full draw when I did so and settle the pen and, and just make sure you're comfortable with what you're doing and let the arrow fly. And the, we shot him with the rec XP, and he went maybe 25 yards from impact, 30 yards. From impact and died right in front of us, right in the plot. It's um, always an, a nice feeling, <laughs> and whenever you see him drop, that's yes. always nice. Oh, oh, it's yeah. You guys know that when you see him, they get out and they and they run away and they're gone. You didn't see him fall, and you start doubting yourself how good the shot was and all those things. So it's so nice. It's so much more enjoyable when you see him go down because the stress level goes up when you don't. Yep. Um, but yeah, so it was. It, it's a culmination of of excitement and. A kind of a surreal moment i think i was pretty quiet just because I, I didn't i was surprised that it actually happened because we had chased him for so long and there's just been so unfortunate circumstances that i couldn't believe he came out with just him and mac and he you know it was like somebody's looking out for us yeah it's just awkward it just is not normal yeah so you so gr- so you grounded but it. inconsistent so you, yeah, so you, I, made, I you made you made him stop because I know
1: it. from our last episode or maybe the one before that, yeah. you were always supposed Well, you, not you always. Got, well, you got a you got a lot of crap because uh, mm-hmm. the I, I believe it was probably the last two hundred inch one you killed. Yep. you didn't stop him. Still made an excellent shot on him. You know. Uh, so have you had a change of heart, or do you just do it circumstance by circumstance?
2: No. But you got to realize triple play is the one you're referring to. He was inside of 20 yards. Yep. Um, I think he was like 17 or 18, if my memory goes. He wasn't 20. And he this one was at 31. And I made it very soft. I mean, yeah, enough that I think he questioned himself if he heard it. You can see his, his demeanor. He stops. You can see his demeanor. But you can see how he's like, hmm, did I really hear that? Did I hear something? Yeah. Um, so I made sh- yeah. So I made sure it was loud enough but soft enough that I wasn't going to be threatening. And so I had no choice because if I didn't, he was going to walk right through it. And I, I, it was too far for me, uh, in my opinion, at 31. By the time I would have shot him, if I would have been 35 to 36, I wasn't going to shoot a walking deer at 35 or 36 yards. Yeah. So uh, he was. he forced me to do that. And, um, he perked his ears up and looked just enough to settle. And I didn't waste any time because my, I was already at full draw. So, yeah. um, just let the wreck eat and the PSC do what it does. And, you know, rest
0: is history. Was, uh,
2: happy trails.
0: Ranger, <laughs> oh, yeah. Ranger lost the world series. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> um, one other question I had about Ranger. Um, so he was probably about eight years old, we think was this his biggest year or did he Seven drop for
2: sure if not eight
0: okay so was it his no, biggest year it was
2: his biggest yep nice yep. you always it wonder was. you know when is yep. that when is that downhill slide you know <laughs> when is it <laughs> i think every deer is different yeah i think it's no different than 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 people i mean i after doing as long as i have you know i always thought 4 to 5 was the biggest jump i don't believe that anymore i, I agree. think it's um I think it's five to six and six to seven. I think are the biggest jumps, um, and that that dictates based on the deer. Yeah. So we really try to focus on six and older. Um. We really are. If I, if you said, "What's my preference?" I would say seven and eight. I know how stupid that sounds, and I know how foolish that sounds, and I don't disagree with that statement, but. Uh, we've seen some tremendous jumps in that period of time. Uh, so,
1: do you think you lose? It's hard to say. Do you think you lose more deer, whether it be to somebody else shooting them or car wreck, whatever the case may be? Do you think you lose more in that time frame?
2: I think you do because yeah. there's there's another one that is probably seven. Um, that we called cleanup and he was just a little bit smaller. I'm going to say he's in the high eighties maybe. Um, And he was on the farm pretty regularly and then he flat out disappeared and we haven't seen him since. So did he get killed? Did he just move on? Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see if he comes back next year or if he even is, is alive, but you're right. Once you start breaking you know that five, six years old. You are rolling the dice that one. It's the odds start going against you heavily, and but you can't shoot a one. If you want to shoot a one seventy, you can't shoot a sixties. Right, every so, year, yeah. I,
0: I I've heard that saying yeah so yeah. many times. You know, if you want to shoot a one eighty, you got to stop shooting but, all the one sixties.
2: <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah, it's true. But it's a very hard thing to do, and I I, I understand it. I get it. Um. But I'm um, I'm just at that point um, where I just really enjoy chasing older, mature deer, and that's what really I don't know. That's what I like to do. I guess. Yeah. No. It.
0: I mean, every, like we no, talked I mean, about this on our show before. Yeah, like, everybody is in your a, own. Exactly, and everybody's in a different um, time frame. Time here. frame of their hunting careers.
2: You know um it's it's the evolution of being a hunter exactly right? it's the evolution of being a hunter yeah like and if and i had I would have said this 20 years ago 100 you know, percent said this 20 years ago yeah but now for doing it for so long and i've learned so much that um we know we set our size on usually one if not two deer going into the fall going okay these are our top two or this is the one depending on you know how much we know about them and their ages and, yeah. and all those type of things and that's what we want to do. Every, so and everybody's it, got a different. It has worked for us.
0: Experience and and like I said, we're we're kind of in that same boat where we like to hunt more mature whitetail for Missouri, um, and and typically that that's going to be hopefully a five year old deer or older. Um, but you know, if a four year old 175 inch deer walked out in front of me, I'm I'm not in that spot in my career where I'd probably not shoot that deer. I'd I'd shoot them. Um, but understand. then you got other people. Who maybe are hunting, you know, in a different part of the the country that um, have a different set of deer, have a different set of circumstances, doesn't mean you can't still hunt mature deer. A mature deer is a mature deer is a mature deer, right? So a mature a mature one hundred and twenty inch in southern Arkansas might be just as difficult to kill as a mature, um, you know, one hundred ninety seven inch in Iowa. They're just they have different resources, so they they grow differently, right? but the part about hunting mature deer is the, is the most important part, right? So if Greg was in Iowa, and, you know, I think people get the, you know, Greg's killed a lot of big deer in his, his career now. But if Greg was in Iowa and Iowa deer all of a sudden went from 200-plus inches at maturity to 120 to 130, he's still going to be hunting 7- to 8-year-old 120-inch deer at that point then. You know, it's just that's what's mature. So um, luckily, though, in Iowa – they get big. In Missouri, they can get big. In different states, they, they get large, uh, which is always a, the nice topping yeah. on the cake um, to hunting a mature whitetail is these beautiful racks that they can they can grow. Um, but what the most important part of this story is is that you were hunting a seven- to eight-year-old deer um, and successfully made it happen. That's, that's the most important part to me. And the fact that you were willing to put uh, work in on the front end I guess you'd call it that had a direct link to him dying the very next, you know, year. Um, so that's why I thought this story was so good, and wanna we wanted to have uh, Greg tell us, um, especially since it's been a, a lot longer than we thought it had been. Yeah. Having it on our show. <laughs> um, so before we uh, hit the stop button, Greg, why don't you tell everybody how they can uh, check out Huntworks and your guys' stuff that you're doing.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Well, we're just finishing up the third and fourth quarter on the Sportsman's Channel. So we'll be airing again um, third and fourth quarter of 24 for our season two on the Sportsman's Channel. And that's uh, our prime spot is Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. um, on the Sportsman. And then we did launch our own YouTube series, uh, Huntworks, as well on YouTube uh, that was launched October 1st. So there's plenty there to go after and look, um, and we got uh, a lot more new stuff coming on. We've got a new series that I can't quite tell you about, but we're already filming for it and talking about it and planning for it. So it's, we're going to try to peel back the onion the best that we can to take all of our years of experience, which between Matt, and I, Matt Adam, myself, and Casey, we've got over 75 years of experience in the woods around whitetails through habitat improvements, Um, to uh, Whitetail Strategies, to food plot design, just about anything related to the Whitetail space. And we're going to peel that back and basically try to educate or show what's working for us. Not saying it may work for you, but at least make you think about what you're doing on the success that we're having and why we're having it and how we're doing it. So um, you're going to see a lot more stuff on our YouTube channel Hope, uh, our goal is to never miss a week, uh, 52 weeks a year, and and release something that has relevancy to the whitetail space of basically raising your game as a hunter and a land steward to improve your opportunities in the whitetail habitat space. So um, we're real excited about that, and that's going to be on uh, YouTube exclusive
0: awesome that's awesome
2: great. and then well, also instagram we can go to Hot works on our instagram page and facebook as well um so any of that stuff you can uh find us on any of those social media channels
0: that's awesome well uh greg you know
2: uh we really appreciate
0: the time tonight uh, you know you're a, a friend of our show and a great steward of the whitetail community and uh you also kill big ass deer so it's fun to hear these stories <laughs> and uh appreciate your time tonight man and uh hope to see you we're recording this a couple days before ata so uh hope to see you in a few days buddy we'll talk to you later
2: absolutely thanks for having me on guys all right we'll see you see you